Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's Word to be empowered and challenged today. The Apostle Paul says this, For I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Just one verse, and it's interesting, Paul, um, Paul was not even at the crucifixion, but he was an eyewitness to the resurrected Jesus. Not the resurrection, but the resurrected Jesus. Jesus appeared to him. And he comes away from that experience saying, I want to tell you what's most important. Um, what I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. It's an interesting thing to say about God that the most important thing about God is that Christ died for our sins. A lot of people these days say that they don't need God. Many people don't believe in God. And and many people say, I I, I had a conversation with even a friend this past week who said, listen, there's so many religions out there. Um, How do you know that the God that you worship is the one true God? There's really no way to know which God is the real God. Um, And so it's challenging at times as modern people when we think about God to think that the most important thing about God is that Christ died for our sins. But Paul did think it was the most important thing about God. And, And it resonated with him in such a way that his identity, the way he viewed himself completely changed based on the fact that Jesus had died for his sins. Not only that, but Paul saw the death of Jesus as the most important event in human history. Still, it's hard for us to comprehend that Jesus Christ's payment of sin is the most important thing we should know about God unless we understand two things about God. First of all, the value of the God that we have sinned against. And then secondly, the love of God for those who have sinned against him. The value of the God sinned against and the love of God for those who have sinned against him. When I was in high school, one of my basketball buddies, I played on a basketball team, and one of my friends had this junker of a car. I mean, this was the mid-90s, and so when I say junker, it must have been from the early 80s. And it was this beige sedan that was barely running. It, it was awful. Uh, one of the things I remember about how bad the car was was that the dashboard in the car had been just burnt by the sun and just hadn't been taken care of. And so you could literally push your finger on the dashboard and it would go into the dashboard and like this puff of foam would come out. And like, we did not value that car at all. I mean, we liked getting a free ride to basketball practice from my friend, but um, we did not treat that car well because we didn't value it. Like we made fun of him for the car that he drove. Not only that, but sometimes we'd joke around and like kick the tires and be like, this is such a junker. And at, at times, I'm embarrassed to say this because it's so mean to do, but we would actually stick our finger in the dashboard because it was just so amazing that it was that cheap and it would just crumble. And he would get really mad. We treated the car based on what we thought it was valued at. Let me compare that with something I went to two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I was able to go to the Palm Beach Boat Show. 
where hundreds and hundreds of boats laid across hundreds and hundreds of docks and millions, billions of dollars were collected in these sea vessels at one particular place. And these boats were beautiful. I mean, they were pristine. They were awesome. They glimmered in the sun. They were wiped clean and they were shiny. And some of the boats were so valuable that you had to make an appointment to just even get on to see it. And if you wanted to make an appointment, you had to get vetted to make sure that you were the type of person that had the type of money that could actually buy this boat. And so if they looked into who you were and it didn't seem like you were the right kind of person, you could not get on these perfect, beautiful boats. I mean, there were boats that were four stories tall. There were boats that had decks that were glass so you could see down beneath them. There were boats that had boats on them. There were boats that had helipads. It was amazing. And now you can imagine for a moment if we or I had treated one of those boats the way that I treated my friend's car. If, you know, now I, I didn't know someone, but I knew someone who knew someone. So I was able to get on one of these boats for just a little bit. And you can imagine what would have happened if I would have gone up to the dashboard and tried to cause the damage on the dashboard that I had caused on my friend's car. Or I had started kicking stuff like I had kicked my friend's car. Or let's just say we got really reckless and started spray painting things or flipping over furniture because these boats have their own furniture. Let's just say I started to do that kind of thing immediately you sense, you know what, what you did with the car wasn't that good, but there's something greater about the offense that you do with the boats. There's something about the disrespect you show for the boats that's worse than the car because of the value of the boats. Because these vessels are perfect and pristine because they have whole crews that live on them in order to keep them perfect. It's just so offensive to go on this boat or these million dollar vessels and say, I can do whatever I want when I want. The offense is greater because the value is greater and therefore the disrespect stands out even more. When we think about God that way, it helps us understand a little bit more our sin because God is no junker. We might treat him like that. We might expect God to carry us along and we might think it's okay to misuse God or disrespect God, but God is no junker. God is beautiful. God is pristine. God is righteous in every way. He is full of justice and mercy and truth and holiness. And when we look at the way that we treat God, we realize that we are disrespecting someone who's not a junker, but someone who's infinitely valuable. Jesus points out how we fall short of honoring God. When Jesus says that the greatest two commandments are one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Love God with everything that you have, with every ounce that you breathe, everything in your heart and your soul, love God, honor him in every area of your life. And immediately we should go, well, we don't do that. Uh, we treat him as if he's worthy when we feel like it. 
we bring him into our life and we follow him when it's convenient, we think that we can do whatever we want when it comes to God. And therefore, our disrespect for God shows. But, but it's not only a disrespect for God, it's, it's our disregard for people. Because people are image bearers of the one true God. Every person is valuable and worthy of dignity, honor, and respect. But when we think about how we withhold love from people, we begin to see that again, we've fallen short. Again, we show disrespect to God. Whether it's our political opponents or our business competitors or our exes or our spouses or our rivals or our enemies, not only do we disrespect God, but we disrespect people who are made in the image of God. And if Jesus says these are the most important commandments and we don't even keep these two commandments well, it shows our sin against a God who's infinitely valuable. And when you begin to understand that, when you begin to understand that we have violated who God is by our disregard and disrespect, all of a sudden, the tension between us and God, the distance between us and him, the, the sin that keeps us from knowing him becomes more clear. We see our sin, and then we see the value of the one that has been sinned against. But thankfully, part of God's character isn't just justice. It's also love. God loves those who have sinned against him. God loves those who have sinned against him. That's why, that's why in this passage, Paul says what's most important isn't just our sin, rather it is that Christ died for our sins. For I pass unto you what was most important, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to Scripture. Jesus died for those who disrespected, disregarded, and disobeyed God because of the love of God. One of my favorite authors is a guy named Brennan Manning. I think we have a picture of Brennan Manning. <clears throat> and Brennan Manning grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, his best friend was named Ray. And Ray and Brennan did everything together. They bought a car together. Uh, they went on double dates together. They even signed up for the military together. They went to boot camp together in the Marine Corps and then went to go fight on the front lines of the Korean War together. One night in Korea, they were in a foxhole together and they were reminiscing about their boyhood days in Brooklyn. Ray was eating a chocolate bar and they were just talking as the night passed through. All of a sudden, a live grenade comes into their foxhole and it's just the two of them. And Ray looks at the grenade, drops the chocolate bar, looks at Brennan, smiles, and throws his body onto the grenade as it explodes. Killing Ray, but saving Brennan. Years later, Brennan would go visit Ray's mom in Brooklyn. And he sat down with her and they began to talk about Ray who had been dead for some years after that incident in Korea. 
And Brennan looked at Ray's mom and said, do you think, do you think Ray loved me? And that mom got off the couch and went over to the couch that Brennan was sitting on and she wagged her finger in his face and said, of course he loved you. What more could he have done for you to prove that he loved you? Tonight, as we celebrate and remember Good Friday, we can picture Jesus on the cross. And we might ask, I am a sinner. How do I know God loves, you, loves me? Manning said that he then imagined Jesus' mother Mary coming up to him and saying, what more did my son have to do for you to prove that he loved you? See, the fact that Jesus died for our sins, what 1 Corinthians 15.3 says, for I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. And you can put the picture back up. Uh, it shows the value of the God that we have sinned against, but it also shows the love of God for those who have sinned against him. What more could God have done for us than to send his son to die on a cross in our place? So that when we believe in Jesus, when we trust in him, we know that the wrath of God has been poured out on him instead of us. Jesus jumped on the grenade in our place and he did it on purpose because he loves us. And when we trust in him, when we rest in him, we are reconciled to God and we become children of God. Jesus died the death we deserve to die so that in him we might live. What more could he have done for you to show you that he loves you? This is why Paul says that the death of Jesus is the most important event. But not only that, it consumed his personal identity. One of the things I didn't tell you about Brennan Manning was he actually wasn't born named Brennan. His name was Richard Xavier Francis Manning. A good Irish Catholic name, right? Richard Xavier Francis Manning. Uh, after Korea, <clears throat> uh, Manning decided to train for the priesthood in a Catholic church. And when he was ordained, he was asked to choose the name of a saint. And there was a saint named Brennan, but he chose that name not because of the saint, because it was the name of his friend. See, his friend's name was Ray Brennan. And from then on, Manning became known as Brennan Manning, named after his friend, Ray Brennan, who had sacrificed his life for Manning. And it was so important, that event was so important to Manning that he chose to name himself after the event, after the one who had sacrificed himself and saved his life. And even as we think about Good Friday and the events of Good Friday and Jesus' crucifixion and that Christ died for our sins, the same is true for you. So often we throw around the term Christian, not realizing that we too are named after the one who has jumped on the grenade for us. Jesus Christ died on the cross for us 
so that you could have the name Christian. For I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. My hope tonight is that if, if, if you're a believer, if you say, I am a Christian, you will understand more deeply what it means to carry the name of Christ. It means that every time you say, I'm a Christian, you remember the value of the God who you've sinned against. And at the same time, you remember the great love of the one who sacrificed himself for you. But my hope is also that tonight, if you're here and maybe you got dragged to church, I don't know, we're glad that you came, um, but, or maybe you're just struggling with what is this Christianity thing, my hope is that you'd walk away seeing who God is in a different light, but also seeing the meaning of the cross. This is what it means to be a Christian. Thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcast. For more information, check us out at www.newcityhh.com. We'll see you next week. Wonder working rebel priest.